Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. To the former head coach of the Washington Redskins, Jay Gruden. Jay, thanks for a couple minutes. We appreciate it. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Doing very well. I guess let's start with this, Jay. How did the conversation go ultimately? Last time we saw you speak, you said, if my key card works, I'm going to keep working. And then we didn't see you again. So how did that last conversation with Dan and Bruce go? Well, it was pretty brief. You know, I kind of had a you know, hunch it might go on there, but I met, met him early in the morning on uh, Monday after the game and, and uh, was basically let go. Um, it was a great run. was grateful for the opportunity. Unfortunately, I didn't get it done. And uh, we had to part ways, and we had to go their own way, and I got to go my own way. So uh, no hard feelings whatsoever. I feel like I did the best I could, but ultimately at the end of the day, I didn't get it done, and, and uh, I had to go their own way. What was your biggest frustration, Jay, uh, just over, over the time that, that you were uh, the head coach here in Washington? What was the thing that frustrated you the most that you wish maybe could have changed or something had broken differently? No, injuries for sure. You know, and it's nobody's fault. Injuries happen. You know, people want to point fingers at the training staff. They have nothing to do with getting people hurt. They have something to do with getting them well. But just the overall injuries, uh, I never really felt like we played with our aces. You know, we had so many of our best players that never really played or were able to play at length of time um, to help us win. It was frustrating. Um, you only have so many key backups that can come in and take place of guys like Trent Williams or Alex Smith or Brandon Sheriff when he doesn't play and and, uh, and you lose some guys like that, it's, it's hard to overcome that. And that's the frustrating part. But we have some guys that competed. I felt like I was had a hand in developing some really good players over the course of my five-year run here. And, uh, and, and, and like I said, the injuries really took a toll on us uh, there the last year and a half or so. I'm going to throw Jay on hold real quick, Darius, if we could try to see if we could work out the line because it's awesome to get him on. And we just want to make sure we hear everything uh, the best way that we can. So we'll sort out the uh, Bluetooth or whatever's going on on these sounds so you guys can hear it as clearly as possible. Uh, you hear him all out of the shoot, though. He sounds like he had a little bit of an indication. I think all of us knew for a couple weeks leading up to uh, what happened that it could go down. Sure. Uh, Jay Gruden, kind enough to join us on Grant and Danny. All right, Jay, let's get into kind of the, the last few months here. You mentioned right before it happened you had a little indication. Everything I was hearing was that on the outside, maybe more and more control was being taken over by Dan, by Bruce, that your voice wasn't going as far starting this offseason. Is that fair? Did you see the writing on the wall at all? Because that's how it's happened to a lot of the previous coaches here. You know what? No, I think we had community. We always had within myself and Bruce and the, and the personnel staff, and that's just the way it is. You know, I, I don't think any coach, unless you're the coach GM, is going to get your own way all the time. I think you have to communicate, and, and at the end of the day, you make the decisions best for the football team, and whether your decisions or Bruce's or the personnel department, uh, you have to go with it and live with it and do the best you can with the people that you have. Jay, for Dwayne Haskins, this is a highly touted guy out of Ohio State, had that unbelievable season against great competition, but seems to be you know, a, a project that, that needs some time. And I think people have kind of come to understand that now. Where is he at just in terms of his development? How far away was, was he when you got your hands on him? And how far away do you think he is now from being that quarterback the way I hope he can be? Yeah, I think uh, when you draft a guy like that, it has one-year experience of college football. Uh, you have to have some 
expectations that it's going to take some time. You know, you'd love for him to come in here, pick everything up, and, and jump right in the system and play because he's a big, talented guy, and you need a guy to develop because we had Chase Keenum on a one-year deal, basically, and Colt coming off a major injury, so we had to draft a guy that can develop, and we're hoping that Case could take the job and run with it while Dwayne sat and, and, and learned the system, and uh, that was the plan moving forward. And uh, unfortunately, Colt, or, uh, Case hurt his foot, uh, and uh, Case or, uh, Dwayne had to go in there and play, but uh, Dwayne's a great developmental prospect. He's got a great skill set. He's big, strong, uh, but it does take some time to learn all the nuances of pro football, from calling a play to the huddle, uh, to getting your protection right, to get the run game checks, uh, to go through your progressions, uh, to audible, to max protection when you have to, to change your protections, whatever it might be. It takes some time, and, and Dwayne's on course to uh, learn it, and uh, I think he'll be a force in pro football in due time, but just wasn't quite ready when I was there. Jay, I want to know what you thought, and I know you do your best to ignore everything going on out of the building, but some of this stuff has to trickle in. When Dwayne Haskins played and struggled against the Giants, the national narrative was, I can't believe they played him or they set him up to fail. Lewis Riddick eviscerated you guys uh, as if, you know, somehow you, you can't play Dwayne Haskins, but you also can't have him third on the depth chart. Like, What was your take on, on suddenly this idea that playing him was unfair to him? Well, that's idiotic because he was our backup quarterback, and Colt McCoy was not ready to play. He was not ready to be the backup quarterback, and Case Keenum had a bad foot and couldn't go back in. So our backup quarterback had to play. That's the way it is. Your responsibility as a backup quarterback is to get ready and, and put a package of plays together for him that he feels comfortable with. And, and if you have to play, you got to be ready to play. And unfortunately, he had to play in that game and didn't perform up to uh, – his standards probably or anybody's standards but uh struggles are going to happen uh, in your first game as a pro player on the road against the giants so that's what happened but he has to get he had to get ready to play he's the only guy we had was your plan this year to kind of redshirt him like if you, if you coached the whole season would we at some point have seen him take over as the full-time starter or was that if you could avoid it not in your plan i think when you're when you're coaching quarterbacks you have to get a starter ready, and, and that starter has to get the reps in practice. Practices are only so long, and uh, the plan would be to redshirt him this year unless there was a situation where he had to play like against the Giants. So, uh, But you do have to get him ready for his time. If he does have to play, you have to have a package of plays, like I said, that he's comfortable with and can handle, but you would love for him to sit behind Case or Colt, for that matter, uh, learn for a year, and then and take off take off running and uh, that's what would be the plan but do you still think he he's going to turn into a stud nfl quarterback long term he's got a chance to for sure he's got the skill set he's got a big strong arm he's got a great pocket presence he can escape um but you know he's got a ways to go you know with a little bit of everything you know i think uh and that's the case with a lot of young quarterbacks some young quarterbacks are forced to play early some quarterbacks that have been great in the history of pro football didn't play until their second or third or fourth year uh, he's 22 years old. You know, his quarterbacks are playing now in their 40s, so he's got a lot of time to develop, a lot of time to work, a lot of time to develop his skill set. As long as he works at it, knows he has to work at it, then he has a great chance to be a heck of a football player here for the Redskins. Jay Gruden with us here on Grant and Danny. Jay, I know Grant mentioned this about how good a job I think you have to be to be an NFL head coach, and let alone one in Washington, to ignore outside noise. But I'm sure, you know, occasionally something creeps in. What do you think people got wrong about you? Uh, probably just about everything, probably. You know, I think uh, you listen to all the callers or ex-players or what have you to call in. I'm sure you can find somebody that has some negative thing to say about you. But uh, I feel like I'm my own person and, and did a pretty good job with uh, the talent that I had. I did the best I could. You know, I tried to develop some young players, 
Uh, it wasn't too easy on the guys. We worked extremely hard. The guys were focused. The guys were detailed. Uh, the notion that I was too nice and too laid back, I think, is, is wrong. I think uh, I was intense at times. I was hard on the guys at times. Uh, yes, I was laid back at times, but uh, for the most part, I did the best I could to get these guys ready to play and develop their skill set and make sure they developed into the best player they could possibly be. And it'd be at the end of the day, that was my job. I want to go into that because I'm sure you've heard this Club J thing, right? And it's something we've talked about a lot on the show where we'll have people on or we'll wonder, you know, is practice not hard enough? You know, people will, will even make jokes about ping pong in the locker room and all these little things that bother them. You played quarterback and, and you've, you've played, whether it's the arena leagues and coming up collegiately. But what's your take on, do you, do you regret, quote unquote, being as much a player coach as you were and, it sounds like you don't think maybe you're as easy on the team as, as the outside perception was anyway. No, I don't think I was at all, really. I think having ping pong in between meetings, our kicker and punter play ping pong, or ping pong are pretty good uh, <laughs> ping pong players. But, you know, in between meetings, they all play ping pong. That's fine. But I know that when the players are in meetings, whether it's position meetings or team meetings, they're focused and they're learning, they're taking notes, and they're working hard. When you go out to practice field, walkthroughs are focused and detailed and working hard. And that's all you can do at the end of the day. And then come game day, you know, we expect them to play and perform at a high level. Sometimes they did. And unfortunately, uh, the last five games I was there, we didn't perform to the standards of the Washington Redskins. That's why I was let go. But to blame it on Club Gruden or whatever it is 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 asinine. It's not even close to being true. If you look at the development of some of our young players and the strength that they accumulated, look at our defensive line, how much stronger they got in the weight room and, uh, the young receivers that developed, uh, some of the young offensive linemen we had to play, and some of the tight ends and some of the defensive backs. I mean, we, we've developed some pretty good players around here. It's not because of Club Gruden. It's because they worked extremely hard. Hey, Jay, for you know, when anytime there's a transition, and uh, you know, this is everyone in their own lives and every job they've ever had. When when you know when they move on or are asked to move on, whatever, a lot of times it's a good time for self assessment. Give me your self assessment. What are you good at as a coach, and what would you like to work on to improve? Well, I think uh, I feel like I'm pretty good at evaluating talent. I feel like I'm pretty good at developing the talent that I have in the building and uh, coming up with a plan that uh, is, is is necessary for success, attacking defenses and, and, and all that good stuff. I feel like I do have a, a idea of what defenses are trying to do, take away, and how to attack defenses. And uh, and I feel like I can get along with players and motivate players. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. So, uh, unfortunately, it didn't look that way the last five games I was there, really the last 10 or 11 games that we were there, just because of the, a lot of the injuries we had on offense. But uh, there are some things I feel like I can do better, um, uh, maybe from a preparation standpoint, maybe get these guys a little bit more ready to play. But overall, I think I did the best I could with what we had. Jay Gruden spending a few minutes with us here on Grant and Danny on 106.7 The Fan. You know, Bill Callahan, since he's taken over, uh, he has implemented a few changes. There, there are refs at practice, a couple things like that. I guess first thing, had you had refs at practice before? Is it something you thought about? And then secondly, if he, you know, he's one of your top assistants. He's been in the building the whole time. Did he ever say to you, hey, why don't we have refs at practice? He's kind of at his press conferences now pointed out a few things he wants to do very differently, ones against ones. Like, Is that something he suggested or could have suggested at any point? Do the assistants, if, they, if all along he thought, these are things we should be doing, is it something he brought up with you? You say refs at practice? Refs, like referees. Oh, refs. Oh, refs. Yeah, well, refs at practice, you know, who are they? You know, if they're not refing on game day or refing the NFL, then what's their opinion for, you know, 
I could see holding on a uh, we, we teach holding and hand usage and all that stuff. But, but to have a college referee come in there and, and throw a flag and stop practice because the guy has a false start, I mean, what the heck, we know it's a false start. we got to correct it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, refs, they're fine. But uh, overall, I think, uh, yeah, Bill had, to, Bill had as much control as he was assistant head coach, for goodness sakes. Anything he recommended, I would take to heart and either implement or not implement. So, uh, you know, referees I didn't really believe in a whole lot just because I didn't know who they were, where they came from, and they weren't NFL refs. So what was the point? Jay, non-injury division. I mean, obviously you mentioned injuries. It's devastated this organization for really the last five years. Non-injury division, though, what's the thing that frustrated you the most about your experience? Oh, shoot. (laughs) Well... You know, the lack of uh, you know, the lack of winning, really. You know, not a playoff win, and some of the key wins, the uh, key opportunities we had on Monday Night Football, some big games that we did not perform our best in. You know, uh, for some reason, we did not perform at our best in critical situations. Uh, there's some great situational football that we did not produce in. Uh, whether we had a lead and we gave up the lead, or we didn't get the lead back. Uh, you look at the game against Philadelphia. We're up 27 at the half. We give up a touchdown to start the third quarter. We go three and out. We give up another touchdown. We go three and out, and we have a huge penalty, and then we give up another touchdown. You know, we weren't able to come out in the second half uh, and perform to our capabilities, and that's on me as a head coach. So, um, some 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 opportunities that we had that we did not convert on were frustrating to me, um, and obviously the lack of playoff wins and, and get to the next level. Jay, your expertise uh, in, in an analyst role now, I, I'm interested in on this Trent Williams front. I'll just give you, this is not the, the way they teach you in college to uh, to ask a question, but I'm going to give you my quick take on this. I think it'd be malpractice for this organization not to trade Trent Williams. As bad as things have gotten, needing draft picks and to reboot here, and he doesn't want to play for them. How do you see this playing out moving forward? Did you talk to Trent at all? What is going on, and why is it that it seems like Bruce Allen doesn't want to trade him? Well, he's a great player, number one. He has two years left on his contract, so from a, from a team standpoint, I can see why they want to hold on to him. They put a lot of time into him, a lot of money into him, and he's a Washington Redskins player, and it's what he's paid to be. Uh, from a personal standpoint, from Trent's standpoint, he obviously has some issues that he does not appreciate or does not want to be part of this organization anymore. So uh, something's got to happen. Either he's got to report and, 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 uh, and honor his contract, or the Redskins have to trade him, one or the other. You know, very similar to what happened when I was in Cincinnati. I first got the job as offensive coordinator, Carson Palmer, exact same situation. He didn't want to come back for the uh, Bengals, didn't want, didn't want to be part of the organization. Uh, we held him for a little while and ended up trading him um, to Arizona, I believe it was, or, or whoever it was. I can't remember who we traded him to. But I think got that's right for a couple ones. Maybe the Raiders. Oakland, maybe? Yeah, Raiders, Raiders. Yeah, 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 to you. So, uh, yeah, so something's going to have to happen eventually. Um, I can't imagine that Trent's going to retire. He's got a lot of football left. He's a great player. Uh, he was great for our football team when he played. So uh, that, that's a that's a tough decision. You know, you, you can hammer Trent. You can hammer the organization. But at the end of the day, something's going to have to happen here soon. Jay, I'm going to go the same route Grant just did and give you my opinion on something. And I'd love to get your opinion on, on what I'm about to say. If I was you, I'd be ticked off. I'm expected to produce results. And I got a first-round draft pick that's a project. I'm expected to produce results. And one of my best players is in the midst of this holdout, anger, fest with the organization and Bruce Allen told everybody he knows the truth, and maybe this is what the truth was, and we were just supposed to guess. I don't know. But I'd be pretty frustrated if I was you, if I was expected to turn in an A paper and I wasn't given resource materials. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, definitely frustrating. Not to mention Alex Smith, who, you know, he paid a lot of money to, and he's injured. You know, now you can't control that. And then Darius Geis, so I feel like is going to be a heck of a running back in the National Football League. It's just, unfortunately, 
uh, you know, had to have a scope out of me after week one. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's frustrating for sure, you know, because you only have so much money and you have these contracts. And when you pay somebody this big-time money, those are the guys that have to produce in a huge way. And when they're not available, then you're asking the next guy to produce, and they're not quite that. You know, it's like trading in a Lamborghini for a Honda. You know, you're not going to get the same car. It's a car, but it's not going to be the same car. And uh, you need those Lamborghinis to perform on game day. And unfortunately, we didn't have them, uh, you know, in my time. So I'm going to go in a different direction here. Jay Gruden's with us on Grant and Danny. A few more minutes here on the fan. Uh, Offensively, and and I think you did a lot of things while you were dealt some bad hands. But here's one thing I'll take issue with, and I want you to to call me an idiot if you want to. This is uh, an open platform. I'll be glad to. I'll be glad to. I did not. You can just think, do it without the question. You got you got a ton of strengths. I thought a thing that really hurt you here was was the defensive coordinator hirings, and I don't know that it was all your fault. Specifically, this off season, you're trying to go get a better upgrade at DC, maybe, and and you got one year left essentially to prove that you can do it. And I don't know how many DCs want that situation, but it seemed like Wade Phillips was sniffing around wanting to come here. You guys went Joe Barry. I'm sure you think highly of Greg Minuski, but it hadn't gone very well. Is there any regret at all in terms of? defensive coordinator hirings or is that something maybe at your next opportunity that you feel like you've got to do better what would you say about that yeah that's a great point you know i think uh the hiring of joe barry over wade phillips was my decision there and uh, i like joe barry i liked his energy i knew him at tampa bay and he actually ran a similar scheme as to uh wade phillips and wade phillips was uh, obviously an older gentleman and a, a well-established football coach but i thought joe barry brought some youth and uh could handle a lot of the things that we had going on here, and I had a history with Joe Barry. So uh, from a schematic standpoint, I thought it was similar. Obviously, you're not getting the same guy, and uh, I might have made a mistake there, but I still think Joe Barry's a heck of a football coach. And then we went to Greg Minuski and, uh, you know, had a couple other interviews, and, uh, you know, Greg Minuski really was a package deal with Jim Tom Sula. I thought the two of them together were a great package. I thought uh, Tom Sula coaching the defensive line and Minuski handling the, the fronts and the back end a little bit. Um, I thought would be a great combination. I had a lot of success at San Francisco, and, and Minuski did some good things in Indianapolis when he was there. And, and, and also Greg was here as an outside linebacker coach and knew the talent that we had. So uh, he really was uh, quite aware of uh, the needs that we had and, and the players that we had, so I thought it was a good match. And uh, unfortunately, our defense did not perform up to their capabilities. But, you know, at the end of the day, we still had, you know, some inside linebackers, and we just signed Bostic and, and uh you know, he, he just got here, so it wasn't like we were overstacked with talent on defense. We still had some things that we had to work through on the defense standpoint, talent-wise. But uh, obviously, we did underachieve there uh, in my time there, and, and uh, I don't think it's all coaching. You know, I think it's a little bit of everything. No, I think you, that's fair. You mentioned the talent. You joked before this season. I don't even know if you remember this, but it was it was a zing that we talked about on the show a lot about hard knocks. And you said, "Look, if I don't make the playoffs, I'm not going to be here anyway." And I thought. You were kind of being honest while also making a joke. Funny. But Danny and I have said all along, it felt to me like the plan was if you don't make the playoffs, you're not coming back. But at no point did I think you had a playoff roster. I'm curious, do you think that this group could have made the playoffs if some stars aligned and you stayed healthy? Yes, for sure. For okay. sure. That, that's the healthy is, is the big thing. You know, I don't know if you can take away a starting quarterback, a starting running back, a starting tackle, uh, a, a starting tight end um, of Jordan Reed's caliber. 
and say, you guys go go ahead and win the Super Bowl. You look at the 49ers last year, why did they struggle so bad? Well, they lost Garoppolo and they had a couple other key injuries on offense and defense. Now they got all their guys back. They're missing a couple tackles now, but uh, they're healthy at quarterback and their other key positions, and they're 5-0. and So uh, it's, it's no secret. It's not like Kyle Shanahan got smarter. They got the guys healthy, and, and we just never had that opportunity, unfortunately. Jay, obviously the way – kind of put aside the way that it ended here, um, but just go back through your time here. Toughest moment where, you know, just it seemed like the world was crashing down upon you and then maybe proudest accomplishment. Wow. Toughest moments. Every loss was a tough moment. We put so much time and effort and work into it. every game plan. Anytime you lose, it's tough. You know, the loss against the Giants, we had a chance to win and go to the playoffs, and, and uh, we threw the interception going in to kick a few goal and beat the Giants was, uh, was a tough loss. Uh, losing the playoff game to the Packers uh, was tough. We felt really good that we had the crowd was buzzing. It was the best home crowd we had since I've been here. Uh, those are tough moments for us. And then obviously starting out the way we started out this year was really, 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 really difficult because uh, we had high expectations. Obviously, I did anyway. Uh, proudest accomplishment would just be, uh, you know, getting to meet all the coaches and work with all those guys and develop some of these young players and, and, and uh, have some fun with these guys. We had a great group of guys, really, in my time here. We had some guys I wasn't too fond of, obviously. We finally got rid of those guys. But uh, for the most part, love the group of guys that I got a chance to work with. Uh, I liked working with the majority of the coaches that I had on staff and, and uh, really had a great time and was really grateful for my opportunity to coach there. You probably don't want to name any names, but if I guess... <laughs> Blink once for yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Blink once for DJ Swearinger. <laughs> well, DJ was a passionate guy. You just got to learn to control your emotions from time to time and what you say to the media. But, uh, you know, we got some guys that were very volatile, emotional, and that's what you When you have a roster of 53, 63 guys, 70 guys with all the injuries, 75, not everybody's going to be the perfect player that you want them to be, you're going to have to deal with some issues. And we had to deal with our share of issues here. But for the most part, I thought we handled them all. Um, and we got the roster the way we wanted it to, uh, except for the injuries. If you were back next year and you were going into year seven, would you try to make any changes? I know you said it's not all in the training staff, but to make no changes after all this seems crazy. Well, it's not on the traders. It's, it's not. It's the trainer's job to get them well. It's not the trainer's fault. That well, uh, medical, doctors, whatever it is. It's not, the, it's not the trainer's or doctor's fault that, that Alex Smith developed an infection in his leg and, uh, you know, and Trent Williams was holding out. And Darius Guy hurt his knee and, and uh, Goulier, you know, hurt his knee early on in the season and George Reed got a concussion. It's, it's not their fault, you know, unfortunately. Injuries happen in pro football. It just so happened to our best players. So uh, I don't think you can – blame anybody for that you know really larry hess does a great job in the training room and, and uh chad Engelhart, the strength room like i said they're, they're developing strength and power with the defensive line and offensive line and outside backers they work extremely hard the injuries happen it just so happens they they hit us hard all right you were gracious with your time the last one i've got for you is what advice would you have to the next head coach of the redskins and and do you think they'll be able to hire an a-lister you know coaches come and go and, and guys like me sit here and we've we've been in dc for since we were in diapers watching the Redskins, and it just seems like they've been trying to get this right and they can't. Do you think they'll be able to hire an A-lister after another coach comes in like you and, and departs the way that you did? Well, I've had A-listers, really. You know, Mike Shanahan was an A-lister. He won a Super Bowl. And, 
and you know Steve Spurrier was an A-lister at the time uh, when he came in here. He's one of the best college coaches. In, but Jay, in football, even in your so. case, you're 46 years old. You're the I'm hot shot of the man. I'm an A-lister. What the heck? I, mean, I thought I was a pretty good coach, you know. But uh, unfortunately, you got to have the stars got to line, like you say. You got to draft well. You got to develop people. You got to stay healthy, and things got to happen right. And but if, if a guy's in your spot, where they're the hot OC in the league right now, and they call you and say, "Hey, what do you think?" You're telling them to take that job. I'm telling them take the job, man. It's a great job, really. They pay you well. They treat you well. It's a it's a good organization, man, and they have some great young talent on this football team. And if you have a chance to come over here and coach John Payne and Jonathan Allen and Ryan Kerrigan on defense, Atlanta Collins and Brandon Sheriff on offense, you have a young quarterback you might be able to develop. Why not? Take the chance, man. It's a great opportunity to be in the NFC East and, and a great franchise. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.